I'll tell you, it was a decent film. I watched... Um, it was weird. I watched Jurassic, the, new, the new Jurassic Park. Oh, what, um, Fallen oh, Kingdom, Lost yeah. Kingdom. Oh, motherfucker. Kingdom behind the south, behind, like Lost Behind the Sofa or something, whatever it's called. The King, King Beyond the Wall. Yeah. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. Dude, I just... haven't. I have to. I have to save my uh, cinema going experiences for um, something very you special really situations. Want yeah, I know what you mean. You f- yeah, you find out that when you've got a kid, you like. Do I really want to see that? Nah, I'm not that bothered. <laughs> so I just I not at all. I just uh, yeah, I just ended up like oh, watching it at home. What the fucking hell is going on here? What on earth are you doing? Well, I was trying to open a drink. Trying to be fucking professional here, Will. Jesus. I know. I know. I just, well, given the temperature, I wanted a beverage. Of course. But th- this can has just taken like the whole of the top of the can off. I can't. Whoa. Yeah. But like by by design. <coughs> oh. Okay. Like it's a it's a drink can, and it's almost acted as like a soup can. But it's taken the whole thing off in, in like a, in one fell swoop. That's mad. What drink I'm is fucking... it? Uh, it is a, uh, a London Beer Factory Hazy Days Session IPA. Oh Christ! And one I'm, of those fucking. To be honest, it's one of those Ponzi beers. Uh, That's why. Yeah. I just thought, you know what? I'm going to try one of these Ponzi beers and see what it's all about. And I must say, I'm not enjoying the experience so far. Fucking hell! Like. Whenever, like, if I ever meet with my friends in Manchester or something, and we have, we'll have, we have to go to a bar. We can't not. Well, we normally go to an old man pub. So we have to go there because it's just the best place to kind of hang around and talk shit. And they'll get these beers in. And they're, like, they have specialised glasses, like a glass made of wood. And I'm like, what the fuck? Just give them a fucking glass. Jesus. Just give them a bloody pint glass. Like. Yeah. It's the same with your fancy beers. I know what we'll do. We'll be really wacky. How about the whole top comes off? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't know how I could have done this any better as well. Like, it didn't peel back, it just exploded like a bloody frag grenade. <laughs> and I've got to be honest, I'm glad I've got a glass here because I fear I'd end up with looking like the bloody Heath Ledger's Joker if I tried to drink out of this thing. Yeah, Christ. What's the beer taste like? Well, it tastes like dog shit and fucking uh, piss water mixed together. But I'll tell you what, that can was so cool, I've changed my mind on it. Like you he had a shit. cartoon picture of a skeleton shooting a laser gun. I had to buy it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jesus. So anyway, Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was bizarre. It was absolutely bizarre. It was somebody has described it to me as uh, a monster movie mixed with Taken, mixed with Doctor Doolittle, and I was like, yeah, I kind of see that. It was so weird. Yeah, you've uh, you've made it sound pretty weird already, to be honest. And to be fair to them, to be fair to them, after the, because I'm I'm all in on like dinosaur movies, monster movies. I fucking love a good monster movie, mate. I, they're like they're one of my absolute favourite things. One of my one of my favourite. You know, it's like girls have romantic comedies as their trash like genre. Mine is monster movies. I'll watch a monster movie. Oh, like if, you, if you're gonna watch a shit film that you know is shit, but you still have to watch it. Yeah, exactly. Got to watch it. So like Tremors. Fucking Cloverfield, Godzilla. I loved all those films. I thought they were awesome. Um, even though I know they're terrible. Um, but I, I find with a lot of monster films, like they have a really good idea that's just always poorly executed. Like Cloverfield was a fantastic film until you saw the monster, and there it was just 
like any old horror film, basically. Just you know, Cloverfield was fine until predictable the last and maybe f- minute when the monster is just stood over Hood and eats him in half. I thought that's terrible. That's absolutely terrible. It's just in an open field. <laughs> they're, they're stood in an open field, Hood and the guy. I can't remember the main guy and the main girl. I can't remember. And then Hood looks up and the monster's just kind of like snuck up on them. This like 150-foot leviathan. It's just snuck up on them in an open field. And I thought, nope, is terrible. It? And and this is it. And like the the most recent Godzilla was great until you realise that the film in the trailer with Brian Cranston wasn't the film at all. It was all about some marine loving America and hating Godzilla. See, I didn't mind it. I liked, I liked the um, spoilers. By the way, I liked the fact that Cranston died. And it all went a bit, and it went different. I was, I was all, on, I was all in for that. I thought it was, I thought the new Godzilla was I, really good. I, I really enjoyed it, but I really enjoyed the Godzilla bits. I just hated the bits of all the people. I suppose, but then you have to, you have to do that. Oh yeah, you can't just have you know, an hour and a half of Godzilla smashed up a city. That'd be a little bit. I know. Lacking in substance. That's like too much chocolate. It's like in the end, there's just too much, and you feel sick. Like even that, that's why you need you know, some nuts in there or something yeah I'm a chocoholic even I have limits there's a point at which I'm like nope that's it I am going to bath and too much God. but um, what was I going to say yeah so the, I, I couldn't I couldn't work out what they were going to do with Jurassic Park after the last one because I thought well okay mm. fair enough another billionaire comes along and it happens all the time in business you do see it I've had an idea I'll do this it fails. Another guy says, well, what if we do this, but we do a little bit better? So that's what they do with the new Jurassic Park, obviously. You know, it's they build a new um, theme park and blah, 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 and it'll go goes to shit. Oh, no surprise. And I thought, well, what are they going to do for the next one? Dude, they went totally left field. <laughs> totally left field. And afterwards, I thought, you know what? Fair play to them, because I would not have come up with that idea <laughs> in any way. So I won't spoil it in case anyone's not seen it. But it was proper wacky. You've, you've sold me a bit on watching it now. Yeah, it's proper wacky. Have you seen the new trailer for the new Godzilla? King of Monsters. Oh my god, I only watched it last night. It looks Dude, fucking incredible, doesn't it? Looks it looks fucking awesome. It looks awesome. With uh, with old Billy Billy Ray Cyrus or whatever her name is. Yeah, uh, 12 from that program, um, Strange Happenings, whatever it's called. Strange. <laughs> strange <laughs> Ways. Strange. What is her name? What is her name? Billy, Billy, Billy Bob. Millie Bobby Billy Brown. Billy Bobby Brown. Billy Bobby Brown. What a name. I know. And they've got, they've pretty, got a fucking... pretty powerful little name, isn't it? Yeah, if you name your kid Millie Bobby Brown, they better be something. And to be fair to her, she's done it. You know, she's already cracked she's it. She's definitely something. She's definitely something. So, you know, she's uh, she's adhered to that pressure quite well, I think. Yeah, the new, that new dad trailer looks awesome. Fucking Mothra, Ghidorah. I don't know if they get King Kong in there. I'm not sure if that's the I, next I reckon they're sa- they've got to be saving King Kong for a proper Godzilla yeah. versus King Kong. I mean, Godzilla eh? versus King Kong. But then it becomes Batman versus Superman. Which was shite. <laughs> How would you have like? Nah, not nah, but that's that's different though. Like, I think I think the fact that they're, um, yeah, they're not dialogue. Have if if King Kong and Godzilla had dialogue, <laughs> then it'd be shit. But the fact that it's just going to be two massive things having it out of each other. Godzilla's just like pounding King Kong, and Kong's like Martha. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I saw someone on Twitter that saying that all oh, the big turning point is going to be when they find out both their mother is Mothra. Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> oh my god! I didn't even think of that. That's genius. It was. 
it was the same thing with Batman vs Superman. Like the fight scenes between Batman and Superman were perfectly fine. Where yeah. it went off the rails was where they both started opening their mouths and interacting with each other as human beings or humanoids. Like I never get unless like, you know what this is. You know what this is a case of. It's the same in fucking old businesses all over the country. But there's too many people sticking their fucking nose in trying to give their two peas worth and give their ideas. All they had to do for Batman vs Superman was copy the comic that it came from, which was perfect. It's one of the greatest comics ever. And all they had to do uh, Batman was, Returns. Yeah, all they had to do no, was Dark Knight Returns. Yeah the, yeah, the Dark Returns. All they had to do was copy that, and it would have been perfectly fine. But no, they have to fucking shoehorn all this bullshit in and blah, blah, blah. It was the same with a film called Public Enemies that had Johnny Depp and Christian Bale in it um, about John oh, yeah. Dillinger, who was a famous bank robber in America. Uh, mm. And almost, a, and he was like a celebrity bank robber in that people knew who he was, but they could never catch him. And the book is absolutely phenomenal. It's an absolute eye opener to the absolute shambles that was the FBI and what the FBI truly was at the start, which was just a place where, like, these young um, male college graduates in America would go for a summer job, was to the FBI just for something to do. There was no like mad Jesus. qualification. It wasn't a police like like special ops type deal it was nothing like that it was just a place where you know oh, let's let's give this a shot kind of thing and that's all it was and the guy it was a gap year farm kind of yeah it was like i'm gonna i'm gonna do a gap year at the fbi just to get on my cv <laughs> but that's kind of what it was and the guy christian bale plays in real life was an absolute fucking klutz an absolute like donut and made all these mistakes and was an idiot and Ended up killing people that he shouldn't have killed, and not in cold blood, but like would make mistakes and think someone was someone else, and just a fucking buffoon. And I thought, oh wow, like if they make this into a film, that's going to be really cool, like to show how it all started and where it went wrong and stuff. And then in the film, Christian Bale's like this fucking hot shot, fucking whatever, and I was like, no, that's that's terrible. That's a, that's a worse story. But yeah, I don't know. But it's, it's the sort of story that sells because your average Joe doesn't go to the cinema to idolise... Like, you know that episode of The Simpsons where there's a, a detective show and one of the characters is called Homer Simpson? Oh, yeah. And then he changes. First episode, he's you know, this amazing, suave, Miami Vice type character and he turns into you know basically just a klutz, like you say, but like yeah, on a yeah. next level. People don't go to the films, go to the cinema to idolise that sort of character. They want to see their idols on the screen. And that's why, you know, they're idolising, um, you know, John McClane and, and John Wick and people like that. It's not, you know, nobody, nobody idolises the comic relief sort of thing, which is what that character ultimately would have been. Yeah, I guess. I mean, maybe not comic relief, but I thought it was more interesting to see how it all, you know, to see like Jed Hoover and how he got started and and the mistakes he made and all that kind of stuff but mm. yeah I guess I don't know sounds, it um, sounds like a good story though it's a great story yeah I can recommend if anyone, if, anyone wants to, if anyone wants to pick up the Public Enemies book it's absolutely unbelievable like really eye opening um, but yeah is it by? oh god I can't cannot remember I read it god I read it about eight years ago so god <laughs> I can't remember stuff from last week well so let alone like eight years ago <laughs> Jesus. I can barely remember things that you write on emails to me when I'm yeah. putting together some, some show notes. Yeah, me too. I'm like, what did I say again? Oh, yeah, we're doing that. Okay, shit. <laughs> oh, fuck. So, how are, you enjoying the, how, um, how are you enjoying the heat, Will? I mean, it's it's good. Like I, I do like it. It's nice to 
to have like a proper summer for once as Englishmen. Oh god, I hate you. It's a bit. It's like, oh, I knew, I knew it, you bloody northern yeti. I knew you were going to hate the sun. It's a little bit unbearable at some point. It's like at night, it's pretty. I think tonight is going to be a nasty one. Like it's already a bit, a bit unbearable. It's only twenty past nine, um, and it's still probably like twenty-three degrees. Yeah. But I mean, if if I wasn't at work, it wouldn't be a problem. So true. We're we're at the beach at the weekend, and oh, nice. It was it was perfect because it was like you know sea breeze coming in. It was really nice and it was all right. And we get back home to like the. Uh, the hubbub of Cheshire and it was just sweltering again and muggy and I was like fuck off this is horrible I hate it um, I didn't realise there was a beach at Southwood Keys is it any good? <laughs> we, went to, we went to Wales we went to Landudno in Wales oh lovely which is nice which is a nice place um, but fucking hell could be worse couldn't it dude Jesus Christ like Greece and all that kind of stuff fucking hell yeah Japan and like yeah, Japan uh, I, was, I saw earlier Algeria is uh, 51 degrees today <gasps> oh my god no, like, fucking shout out shout out to Algeria Jesus yeah pick up Algeria get yourself an ice cube Jesus <laughs> Christ like, we're, we're, like we, we can barely deal with 31 degrees 32 degrees and you know Japan's experiencing you know elderly people dying in their sleep in 41 and stuff like I know it's crazy. It is crazy. It, it's it's only a problem because like our infrastructure isn't set up for it. Like we don't have air conditioning in every home. Like we don't have. I'm like my office doesn't even have air conditioning. Yeah, mine neither. Like it's it's just like if we were expecting this more often, it wouldn't. These heats wouldn't be a problem. Like you you look in America, they're regularly dealing with a hundred degree weather in yeah. any summer, heat wave or not. So I'm sure they'd be they'd be looking at our thirty degrees and think, quite so a cooler day sort of thing yeah fuck 51 Jesus Christ mm. that's mad isn't it absolutely <laughs> mad and like these wildfires in Greece is, is terrible like we you know we, we joke about oh God, I couldn't didn't sleep very well last night I was a bit sticky and stuff but like this this heat wave is causing a lot of problems for you know real problems for people around the world so you know thoughts and condolences even, for those that are experiencing it they couldn't even outrun it that's terrifying. Oh, that was that was a really sad bit. Like they're trying to get to the beach and, and Jesus Christ, they couldn't even make it. Like they couldn't outrun the fire. That's just oh god. And then you get to the beach and you think, like, right, well, how far do I have to go into the water and all that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. fucking hell. I know, it's terrifying, dude. It's absolutely terrifying. It's a complete mess. Awful, just... like Sweden having to call in international aid to to quell their issues. I know. God, what's wrong with the board right now? Bloody hell! <laughs> it's too hot, Dan. That's the problem. It's too, it's too warm. And I'll get to God. Give it, a, give it, give it a few weeks, and we'll all be like, "God, oh, it's a bit chilly, isn't it?" <laughs> it's a bit oh, chilly. Oh, I wish it was. I miss that. Yeah. Five, six weeks of unbearable heat. It was good. <laughs> We're all sat there wrapped in our fucking Afghans and shit. Afghans. <laughs> <laughs> Put the fire on, love, would you? Yeah. 
If I want another log on, get me slippers. I'm a bit nippy. Oh, God. All right, then. Anyway, speaking of uh, things that are cold, ice. Ice hockey. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> Heat wave. Ice. Drinks. Ice hockey. There you go. Oh, right. God, what do you want to start with? We're, we've had the dog days at the moment. I, like, it doesn't. Yeah, I don't feel you... further removed from the wonders of the NHL than I do right now. I know we're it's, we're proper like deep in the dark, like we're in the Japanese version of the Ring, the horror movie. We're deep in that well with that girl who comes out and kills everybody. We're just deep in that well with her, just nothingness, darkness, just <laughs> like there's a few contracts here and there, and a few crazy wives doing some bonkers shit. Still. And aside from that, that's about it. Um, we haven't actually... We haven't, so, I haven't, no, I was going to say something. I was going to say something. We haven't actually... Um, no. Fucking condolences, obviously, to Ray Emery and the family. And Jesus, that was... Uh, I, I wanted to to mention... Because um, obviously, everyone, you know, everyone listening to this knows that um, he drowned. Uh, was it two, was about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago? Because we've not spoken since yeah, then, have we? No, we've, um, had a, we've had a week off. But yeah, I think it was last, I want to say a week ago on Saturday. Yeah. yeah. But. Um, it was a shame because I. I and it was more a, a sort of a look at the human condition was that the first thing I saw was, you know, like I saw on Twitter, like condolences to the family of Ray Emery. And my first thought was, oh, fucking hell, what's he done? Like, come on, like, what's he done now? Kind of thing. Mm. And then when I read it, I was like, oh, shit. And I felt like, and then I felt bad that that was my first instinct was to think that he'd done something. And I know that's the way that, you know, that we're wired and stuff. And because he did, you know, he had a, you know, we're not going to sweep under the rug then, but, you know, he had a few problems and there was sort of issues here and there with different teams and all that. I'm not going to all, you know, because everyone already knows it, but. I just felt a bit shitty that that was my f- <laughs> that was the first thing I thought. Well, I don't think you should feel shitty necessarily because we it's been a problem. It's always a problem whenever anyone dies that, that people try to gloss over any sort of um, you know, any any sort of checkered past that they might have for want of a better term because I'm absolutely loathe that term, um, but. Yeah, I, I don't think it's unreasonable to to jump to that conclusion. Obviously, you know, it's an absolute tragedy. You know, a, a young man losing his life at thirty-five is absolutely diabolical. I know, but um, you know, we shouldn't feel the need to whitewash his past because I think that is quite disres- excuse me disrespectful to to the people that that were affected by his actions while he was alive. Obviously, while still, you know sending condolences to his family and respecting the man that he was but I think to respect the man he was you have to accept the, the flaws that he had as well yeah I still thought it was very odd though in that he, he was reported missing after 6am I mean mm. I've, I've, I didn't you know unless something I've not, did not I've not really seen much about it since then was that they went for, you know he's with some friends they went for a swim and he didn't he didn't come back out after diving in and I thought like what time were they? Like if they, if they reported like missing just after six a.m., what time were they swimming? Which I get, I get. You know, maybe it's just you know it's summertime or whatever. You go for an early morning swim or something. Maybe it's an early rise or whatever. But I still thought it seemed. I still, I still thought it was quite odd. 
like the whole circumstances. But I mean, there's no foul play or anything. But I don't know, just something about it didn't sit right with me. I don't know. Yeah, it's it, it's an odd one. I mean, you know, to to drown at that age as well. But I mean, it didn't sound like the safest place he was swimming, swimming in a harbour sort of thing. Yeah, true. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm no uh, I'm no oceanic expert or anything, but. Yeah, a, a tragedy. No matter which way you slice it, it's it's a horrible thing to have happened to the man. Yeah, fucking hell. Okay, let's try and let's try. Christ, we just looked at the state of the world and Ray Emery. Let's just try and cheer people up a bit, shall we? Sorry, folks. Would it mean to uh, cheer them up? Yeah. Would it mean to uh, fucking drag you down that quickly? So let's go with something else. Um, well, it's it's a sad time of year in the hockey world, really, Dan, because because there's no um. No games being played, and the only real off-ice action is uh, arbitration hearings where the team and the player are going head-to-head in a war over money um, and you know, a legal slagging match, which yeah. to me is a little bit depressing. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, Jacob Truber, were you... I don't know. I I I kind of I don't mind it because I think players should do this a bit more often, and that he's kind of saying I'm I'm I am worth this, so you should pay me this. And I, I don't know how often I don't know how often players back down or just give in for a kind of easy life. Like I'm thinking about the guys who've recently signed contracts, like OEL or Doughty mm. or whatever, that they've just gone eight years this much, and they've gone fuck it, right? Yeah, cool, I'll do. Instead of saying, how do you know? I'm worth I'm worth more or I'm worth this or I'm worth this. I mean how you know, those deals seem to get done quite quickly. Um whereas someone like Jacob Tuber's kind of thought, no, I am worth more than that. So I think it's a I think it's a, I wanna give him a bit of credit for sort of sticking to his guns and saying, Yeah, this is what I'm worth. Pay me. I don't I think the thing with with Truber and the fact that he's gone to arbitration again for him, yeah, and he's only got a one one year five point five point five, yeah, one yeah, year five point five. It's it. I think it. You know, actions speak louder than words and all that. It's basically hinting to me that he's still got the underlying issues with the uh, with the franchise that he had. You know, before he signed his last contract at two year three mil. Yeah, yeah. Um, per season, and I think it's basically. Trooper's going to leave the Jets eventually and I think the Jets are just trying to hang on to him for as long as they can because he's got this year on his contract he's just signed and then the year after he's still in RFA goes to UFA in 2020 and I think the, the Jets are saying we're better off with keeping Jacob Trooper now and then maybe trading him next season or something rather than letting him go because I think if you know, they'd work something out if Trooper still wanted to stay. If, if Trooper was saying, oh, I want eight years at seven mil, I want eight years at nine mil, or whatever, I'd like to... I, I think he's worth it, especially at his age, because he's still, what, 23, 24? No, I think he's worth it. I think he's re- I think he's a really good player. I, I think if... if Well, if certain other players are getting certain other contracts that we're going to cover later, then, yeah, he's, Trooper's worth, within reason, whatever he's asking for. Or at least a number that would be enough to make him stay if he wanted to stay. But I think it's just highlighting the fact that he doesn't want to be there, and and the Jets don't want to let him go because he's too too valuable to him to keep. Should the Jets be worried at all that they're still like? Well, I mean, I guess they will be worried, but you know, a great season last season. Finally got the goal t- goaltending they needed. 
Some players came through, stepped up, but then Stastny decides, yeah, you know what, I'd rather go play somewhere else after getting traded there. Trubas obviously never wanted to stay there. Is the is the kind of thing that you know, like you know, they say that you know they can, you know, the Jets never make trades or that kind of thing. Is it just that players don't still don't want to go there? Do you think? Is there still that sort of thing surrounding Winnipeg that? Yeah, sorry, I just don't want to play there. I think there might be an element of that, um, especially evident in, in the Jacob Trouba saga. I think with Stastny, it seemed like he wanted more than the Jets were willing to pay him. But I think yeah. the, the biggest argument against that being an issue, you know, there, there might still be an issue with them attracting free agents, but you think of the players that they've kept hold of. They've kept hold of Mark Shifley, Dustin Bufflin, uh, you know, even uh, Brian Little. And they traded Andrew Ladd on their own prerogative, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, they're not have. It's not like every single half decent player in Winnipeg is demanding a trade. So it's. I think this Truba case is is a particularly, yeah, you know, not isolated case necessarily, but it's it's pretty individual. I suppose, but then you think like, whenever whenever there's talk of any kind of trade happening or a play, like a, like a decent player being available for a trade. There are always teams who are always going to get mentioned, or more often than not, will get mentioned. And mm. clearly, when you know Winnipeg are just never ever mentioned for any players ever. And I just wonder. But it, I don't know. How, how is, is that a result how, of the fact that um, Kevin Shoveldayoff never makes any trades? Though? I don't know. I don't know. Because again, I know. I know we. I know. I know we say the hockey's a business, and you know. You own a player's rights, you can trade him wherever you want to. I get that. But I still believe that sometimes, sometimes, a, a GM or a coach or whoever's going to talk to a player might go to a player and say, we're thinking of trading you. Would you go, you know, we're thinking of trading you to Winnipeg or something like that. And if they respect the player or it's a player that they like, that maybe that player would say, I really don't want him. Can you find me somewhere else? And they go, all right, we'll try and work something else out there. Now, I'm not, now that's me being... That's me being super, super on the brink, positive. You know, usually, I, I would assume usually the fucking GMs or the coach or whatever are just like, no, you're going tough. But then if a player says, well, I, I don't want to go to Winnipeg, can you maybe say, can I, can I, any other team, maybe Montreal, any, anywhere else? And then obviously they ring Kevin Sheffield there and go, yeah, sorry, Kevin, just doesn't want to go there. Sorry. Is there, is there anything to that, do you think? I mean, potentially, like I, I think there are plenty of players who like wouldn't waver no trade clause to go there. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's a hard one because yeah, there is evidence saying that players don't necessarily want to go to Winnipeg because players don't go to Winnipeg. There's but no at the Wi-Fi. same time, if it, no Wi-Fi whatsoever, they haven't even got um, dial-up yet. I've heard the beaches are terrible. You little fucker, get out of there. Um, no parks. Uh, sorry, I was dealing with a mosquito that was trying to eat me alive. No um, but the, the the problem is there's, there's no hard evidence because there are never really trades that come out of there. No, I know. And, and yeah, you might be you might say, oh, there aren't any trades because nobody wants to go there and everyone blocks the trades. But I think that sort of information would leak out anyway. I suppose. You, you think about the amount of times we've had, we've heard, oh, there was a, ta- a deal on the table for so-and-so, but... Yeah, the player blocks it because he doesn't want to play for whoever or, yeah, or whatever. True. So I, I don't know. I just don't think we've 
yeah, there isn't enough evidence either way to really prove or disprove it. No. I was just wondering how much of it is, is it Kevin Chevaldeoff doesn't like to make trades or he's just given up now because he just thinks, what's the fucking point? Whenever I ring him out of up, they're like, well, let's make a trade. Okay, yeah, sure. And then like, you know, the other gym comes back two hours later and says, yeah, that player does not want to come to you at all. And I kind of respect him. <laughs> he so he's not. And now, not interested. Yeah, now Chevaldeoff's just like, oh, what's the fucking point? I'm mean, just not even bother. Let's just go through the farm system. We'll do it that way instead. I wonder, like, again, like, I wonder how much of it is that. He's now reaping what he's sown, so I wouldn't, true. I wouldn't be it's surprised true. if from now on he just thinks, sod it, I don't need to make trades. I can build an incredible team yeah. you know, just through drafting and, and a couple of free agency pickups here or there. But um, he's basically given himself no reason to make a trade. No, it's true. It's true. No, fair enough. Um, any of the contracts that have been signed recently stand out to you? Anything, anything over and above or anything weird you want to mention on any of them? Um, I mean, Pittsburgh picking up another centre and Derek Grant is a bit odd. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Derek Ryan, sorry. Yeah, Derek, Derek Ryan. Grant. Derek Ryan, yes. So, um, yeah, so that's a little bit odd, but I mean, for a team that was struggling for a third-line centre for 90% of the season last year, you know, power to them, go out and get every single centre in the league because then you're not going to have that problem. That's what I call addressing an issue, Dan. <laughs> it's what I call addressing an issue. Very good. It definitely is. Um, I suppose there, there are a couple of other big ones, aren't there? Do you want to, do you want to start with the D-man or the winger? It's just one of those things where I say, let's start with this, thinking you mean something, and then you talk about something else and trick me. Well, there's only one way to find out. <laughs> okay, let's start with the D-man. I wish I had a I wish I had a joke one. <laughs> really. Dan Hamuse, two oh, years, three million total at Nashville. <laughs> Here we go. I knew it was there somewhere. Uh, no, Matt, Matt, Matt Dumber. Is it five by six or six by five? I really should have. I wrote down six by five. I wrote down five by six. <laughs> Wait, now I think there might be a uh, a little. <laughs> so I've got six years, five million dollars a year. Nope. Cap friendly, five years, six million dollars. As I said, I'd written down six million AAV for five years, <laughs> oh, is that totaling thirty million dollars. Oh, it's too warm. I got the total right. Yeah, you got the total right. Oh, mate. But I um, what would you think about this one? <sighs> Do you know what? Actually, I was God for all my talk. Like I think the other the other. Uh, Last time we're on about eight-year contracts and every every contract now just seems to be... If any player is even like... Even players like that are 29 seem to get eight-year contracts because that just, that just, that's what it takes to keep these players. I was amazed it was only for five TJ, years. I, could, I was stunned it was only for five years was the thing. And that was, well, my, I mean, main, that was my main takeaway. Was it, wow, it's only for five years. I, can, I, I can get... Mini only wanted to go five years because he still hasn't. He's had he's had a great season last year, fifty points and all that, but that's one fifty point season. So, no, I agree. But I you think, think like, he's coming to the point now, like he's twenty four. So if if you're thinking, well, he's had a fifty point year last year, he can only get better. I was surprised that from both sides. I was surprised that both sides didn't push for more terms. To be honest. Well, I suppose from from Dumba's side of things, if it's if it's five years, then uh, and he's twenty four, and then when he's twenty nine, UFA twenty nine, 
and then in theory he's at a prime age to get another decent whack whereas if he goes eight years that's going to end up with him being 32 and there's a chance that he's already shown signs of decline by that point and then maybe he's not going to get another massive bite of the cherry sort of thing I suppose we always hear though don't we about the um, you know players like these long contracts you know guards against injury and all that kind of thing you know mm. So I was a bit. That's why I was a bit surprised. That's why I was a bit surprised. I mean, I mean, yes. five years is still a long time, though, isn't it? That's true. That's true. I think I'm just conditioned now to eight-year contracts being like the norm almost for like every player. That just seems to be what it is. But <laughs> with the way Vancouver are giving out contracts to third and fourth <laughs> liners, I'm not surprised they didn't give JB a late-year three million year <laughs> contract. <laughs> so true. But you know, yeah, I think, yeah, I think, I think it's a good deal. Um, it was more of a surprise about the term, but yeah, yeah, five years, six million, like you say, good deal. I'd, if he proves himself, I'd, I think it's good. Really steps up to the plate. You can, you can get a massive bumper deal. Um, I think even even if he doesn't necessarily replicate the point production that he had last year or or build upon it, he's a decent young defenseman. Uh, yeah. At some point, with the cap rising. <laughs> as it's supposedly meant to, and, and in theory should continue to do so. We're going to be paying $6 million for for a shite... Um, what, do you look at the money that Carl Olsen's making. Oh, well, Carl, yeah, Carl Olsen's getting, what, 5.2, isn't he? Something like that. I'd say Matt Dumber's 800k better than Carl Olsen at the very least. But like my point being, at some point, every man and his dog who plays second pair of minutes is going to get $6 million, whether you're decent or not. So, Hang on, Carl Olsen look him up now. Him. 4.6. Oh, 4.6. Still, like, Carl's is fucking shit. Yeah. And Matt Dumber is not necessarily fucking shit. So, not too bad, if you ask me. I mean, to be fair, as other, lots of people have mentioned, um, how much money our Minnesota are going to have to play with, because they're still going to have, like, after Matt Dumber's contract ends, years and years of Zach Parise and Ryan Suter to pay. <laughs> Oh, mate, it's ridiculous. When, when, when do they expire? Like 2025? Something like that. 20, is it 24, 25? Yeah, I'm sure that's it. I think it's got to be maybe even later. Those are ridiculous, aren't they? Yeah, does Cap probably go that far on in years to see? I don't think it, don't think it does. <laughs> Just, it, it only goes as far as like the yardstick was those um, those contracts. Yeah. That's on the. If you want to see more years, you have to get the Patreon, the Cap Friendly Patreon, <laughs> to see more years. <laughs> For five dollars a month, you can see just how long Zach Parise's contract is. Yeah, Christ, this insane. Oh mate, that's insane. And fucking Ryan Sue is thirty-three. Oh, and Matt Dumb. Well, they're both they're both thirty-three. Oh, well, yeah, not, cool. yeah, yeah, not yeah. Matt Dumb. Yeah, but Matt. Yeah, Matt Dumb is twenty-four, and then by the time <laughs> when his contract finishes. Ryan Suit is still going to have at least two more years left at seven and a half. Jesus. What a world we live in. What a world. Didn't at least they got all those uh, all those cups out of it. I was going to say, yeah, that's the thing. Christ. Oh, mate, yeah, seven and a half mil for Parisa as well. Fuck yeah. <laughs> for a broken... You might as well be playing David Clarkson <laughs> seven and a half million right now. <laughs> all right then. Oh. The winger. That's beautiful, isn't it? The winger. Do you want to do uh, the winger. Uh, the winger is. Ah, no, I haven't got one. Uh, Elias Lindholm. Damn it. Famed Calgary Flame. A flamed Calgary Flame. 
Uh, six years, 4.85 mil. Not bad at all, if you ask me, if you ask this reporter. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think it's a, yeah, real, I think a very good deal. Again, 23. Again, we've, we've said this before, in the real world, you have to, you know, you can't, if a player has a bad season, fine. If he has a good season, great. You can't really judge sometimes. Sometimes you just have, have to give a player a contract. If he performs, that's great. You try and minimise the risk somewhat in case of either money or term. I think they've done that here money-wise. I think it's a good deal. I think it's a good deal. I think, again, like in, in my notes, I've put seen Matt Dumber notes because it's basically <laughs> the same sort of idea, really. You've got a young player who has put up decent numbers so far, had decent production, and there's a chance that they're going to improve. I think Lindholm could definitely have a chance to improve on this Calgary Flames team, depending on who he's playing with. Yeah, definitely. And and as I, as I said with Dumba, like at, even hell, even at the moment, if you chuck him in your middle six winger, four point eight five mil for a young middle six winger, that's the going rate at the moment. Let alone with the cap going up, there's going to come a point. If if he cracks fifty points for a couple of seasons, that's a bargain, if you ask me. There's a little good little team going there in Calgary. I mean, you've seen that. There always has been, hasn't there? There's always had players. They've just never been able to put it I together. Think, I think they're starting to fill in the blanks. Like they, they really addressed the big holes at right wing this off-season, which is something they tried to do previously that hasn't worked out. You know, looking at Troy Brower. Um, yeah. Nice four million. He, he, the first $4 million fourth-line player. Um, you know, before Vancouver tried to make it cool. Um <laughs> but yeah, I, th- I think we've we're picking up James Neal and they've got Lynn home now and and if Hanovin takes the next step that he's meant to, that would be fantastic. I th- I think yeah, I, th- I think they could they could do some damage this year. Well, maybe not some damage, but they could make the playoffs at the very least. I mean, the the one thing also about Calgary is I mean, I am not liking. I mean, the goaltending. I was surprised they didn't go out and try and get somebody else. In some way, um, I don't. Know, Mike Smith wasn't bad last year, was he? I don't know, but he's getting. He wasn't bad, but mind you, fucking, I'm doing it again. Like I don't fucking know, do I? The fucking Cavs played the <laughs> flip flop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mike Smith could be a bloody Vezina candidate next year. I'm going to be doing this all season because then it's that's the thing. Like I said, I said when we were like in the playoffs last year, why do we even analyse anything? Fucking Caps played the Knights for the cup. Why do we analyse any? What's the point? What's the bloody point? Like we Why don't we... know a we don't know jack shit. Know. It's it's sports. You fucking especially hockey. You fucking never know. You just never know. I'm worried. I'm like, no, oh, Mike Smith. I don't know. He'd probably be awesome. I don't fucking know. Do I? I mean, he had twenty five wins and a nine sixteen save percentage. That's fine. That's fine. Like worst goalies have won the cup. Or goalies as bad as Mike Smith have won the cup. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. And and especially he's only got him last season. I can see why they didn't, you know, snap up someone. Mm. Especially as like, you know, who are you who are you gonna snap up? Who who was out there? Because like yeah, you think Robin Leonard and Peter Mrazek, maybe Peter Mrazek, but Robin Leonard has a starting job with the Islanders now. So I can understand why, you know, he wouldn't want to go and play in a tandem at, at best True. in Calgary. True. Um, and I don't like and, tandems. And, I don't like tandems anyway. 
I think I think they can work, but no. yeah, maybe not. R- riding the hot hand is uh, is generally the the best idea, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And they've got um, they've got John Gillies coming through. Gillies, Gillies, Gillies. However you pronounce it, <laughs> Gillies. The, uh, Could be a soft G. I was going to say the Spanish, Spanish goalie, Gillies. Juan Gillies. Hola. Um, do, 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 do. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's a bit more, a bit more Spanish, but do you want to talk about the other winger getting a contract with the team we we just spoke about? Wait, with the team we just spoke about? Shit. Yeah, Jason Zucker. Hold on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, sure. What what did he get again? Five, uh, five, 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 five and a half. Five, five. Five five and a half. Well, he thinks he's a twenty-seven and a It's twenty-seven and a half million dollar man, is he? The the unheralded sequel. Would it be five and a half million dollar man? Where they just run out? Of, they just run out of. Just haven't got enough money. I can't quite finish him. Imagine, imagine if you were trying to build a super soldier type thing. Yeah, or trying to advance the human race by adding you know, robot parts or whatever it was they did in the million dollar man. And you got Jason Zucker, just a just a man who's who's very fit and athletic. It's like, I mean, well, no, it's not it was bad, but it's not really what I was looking for. Well, no, but it's weird though because it was it was a six million dollar man. Oh, was he? Yeah, the show I was, it was just a million dollar man. No, the show six was million called, dollar man. The show was called the Six Million Dollar Man, which I never got. I says because it says like, Matt, Matt Dumber. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I always thought, well, why didn't they just make... Surely 10 is better. Like, you go to a, like the rounded number, 10, the $10 million man. That sounds... 6? He's the... I know, he's, he's got a ring to it. He's the $4.6 million, you know, he's like... He's the $3.7 million man. With adults. He's, he's the he's a $4.7 AAV million man. <laughs> but it's all in signing bonuses, so his actual salary is only 800k. Dollar man. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> anyway, I like this. That, was Robin Williams the six million dollar man? He wasn't, was he? I'm I'm making that up. Did you say Robin Williams? Yeah, yeah, I did. I don't know why, but I've got something in my head of Robin Williams being the six million dollar man. No, the six million dollar man was um, fucking. Oh, God, uh, what's his Robbie Williams? Oh, Ro- no. <laughs> All right, it was John Williams then, wasn't it? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> um, six million dollar man. It was an American show with hey. Lee Majors. Oh, so Lee Majors was the six million dollar man. That's yeah. a question. But, I've been and I only, I only know of the show because in the show he was called Steve Austin. And obviously, me, me oh, being shit, a wrestling yeah, fan, yeah. me being a wrestling fan, it was oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Alas, I never saw the six million dollar man throw a stunner, which would have been. Just the best thing ever. Did he? Uh, did he chug two beers at the same time? Though? <laughs> when he fully, like fully do fifty, he did two. He did two barrels at the same time because he had bionic arms. Oh, of course. So just uh, cracked open a couple of kegs and just yeah. smashed them. He just picked up two whole pubs, <laughs> just <laughs> just opened the doors and drunk out of the doors. Ninety nine episodes, the old six million dollar man. Jesus Christ! It was on for that long. Yes. It's quite a lot, and six. Straight to TV movies. Sit. 
it's one of those things where, like, okay, he's a six million dollar man. He can pick up heavy things. He can run really fast. He can jump very high, and he could maybe block things that are moving fast just by standing still. How do you stretch that out for ninety nine episodes? That's impressive. Was it? It's like anything when you break any sort of television show down. Like, how yeah, do you? True. How do you get five seasons of Breaking Bad? Like, how how many countless hours of Breaking Bad there were? Like, how uh, you know how long can you stretch out a TV show about kings and queens trying to fuck each other over? Oh, and yeah, by the way, there are dragons coming. <clears throat> yeah, but you can do that because in Game of Thrones, <clears throat> excuse me, there's like what fifty characters, so that's fine. But the six million dollar man is just about that man. What is that? So you're saying it, it would have been better and had a longer run if it was six million dollar men. <laughs> He's the one dollar man. To be fair, I think I'm the one dollar man. <laughs> <laughs> What's the exchange rate? I'll have to work it out. Yeah. I might be a I might be a dollar fifty man. <laughs> I'm the I'm the eighty seven P to the pound to the dollar man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's got a nice ring to it, the 87 pence man. That's true. I guess. It's like Sex in the City. You know, how many episodes can you have about you know, <laughs> three slags and their pet horse? You're, you're right there, Dan. Whenever I think about the $6 million man, I think, it's just like Sex in the City. God, what a terrible show that was. Jesus Christ. I've, I've never seen a second of it. Do you know what? My ex used to watch all these shows and... When it's when it's on in the room, as much as you try and avoid it, you just can't. It's in your ear or it's in your sight line or, Christ Almighty. Like uh, like Love Island. Oh God, yes. Oh, she's sat here. She's sat here watching it right now with the headphones on. She. I bet. Yeah. I bet Grace is doing the same thing in the other room. Yeah. me. Isn't that just um? Has, has Danny Dyer been on it yet? Or <laughs> no. That's, that's the only episode I want to see. I just want to see Danny Dyer and this Danny Dyer Jr. that Danny Dyer Jr. is mating. Mating? Dating? Oh. <laughs> I, mean, I suppose mating is, is relatively accurate. Yeah. I just want to see him sit down and him be like, right, you've got her, like, you're going to do right by her, yeah? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to do right by her, Danny. Yeah, that's just all I want. Yeah, I don't want you, like, messing her around. Yeah, I'm not going to mess her around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It'd be good. He just turns up, all right, tree cool. How's it going? Listen to me, sunshine. My door ain't no fucking slag. <laughs> so, I'm not, Dad. I'm not. I'm not a fucking slag, Dad. Shut up. Oh, God. Is, is there anything more beautiful in the world than the fact that Danny Dyer's daughter is called Danny Dyer? I don't, I don't think there is. Do you know Do you know what Gary Neville's dad's called? Uh, <laughs> do you know this? Yeah, I do. Neville, <laughs> Neville. <laughs> Yeah, there you go, folks. Gary Neville, like maybe the best right back in England history. His dad is called. Neville. Oh, that is, that is what something I've not fuck? thought about for a long time. God, Neville, Neville, what is that? What a guy, what a guy. Um, I wish Just, I had a last name that. Well, I, I mean, yeah, I could, I could call my son Everett, Everett, but it wouldn't really, uh, wouldn't really work. Doesn't have, have the have same name as Neville, Neville. You'd have to have another girl and call it Eve or Evie or something like that. I do, I do like the idea of, of having one with like double initials. Christ, imagine a Twitter handle. <laughs> I am at Dan Straight Edge. Will's daughter, you are at E V I E E V E V E. Just say it all. It'll be the, the Ryan Suter contract of, of Twitter handles. <laughs> yeah, it just goes on and on and on. Do you know what? A little aside about when you say about Love Island is that on the way back from um, 
Landud now at the weekend. We had to stop off to get some petrol, and I went in, and the girl behind the counter, really pretty girl, but bearing in mind she was working in a shell garage, right? She had fake nails, fake eyelashes, uh-huh. fake tan, and she had stuff put in her lips as well. Oh, and I just no. thought, oh my god, why, why? Girls, listen to me, please, please. Oh no, I don't know where this is going. No, no. If you're under the age of like. 40, you don't need to be putting shit in your face. You don't need to do it after you're 40. You don't need to do it ever. But if you want to do it after you're 40, fine. Go crazy. If you feel like you're getting old, whatever. But God, like, these girls who are, like, I know girls who are 25 who are having Botox. At 25. Why? You're 25. <laughs> Why are you doing it to yourselves? Please. You're in the prime of life. Yeah, you, you don't need it, girls. You, you Fine. Please, don't don't believe you have to look like a certain way or look like somebody else or something. Don't ever all try and look the same. Be yourself. Just, God, stop putting shit in your face. God almighty. You know, uh, you know he's going to need, you know he's potentially going to need some plastic surgery in the near future. Here's the thing though, right? Like, once you start putting stuff like that in, you then have to keep doing it. Because then you can't, like, if you keep having Botox injections and then you stop having Botox injections, surely it's going to like fuck up your face in some way. Now you've stopped having them. Surely your face is going to droop more or sag more or something because like, the muscles in your face aren't working properly or the muscles in your forehead don't do what they should be doing anymore. Ah, I don't know. It's terrifying. And then, it's terrifying. And then once, you, once you end up down that path, if you carry on, you end up looking like you know, John Travolta and Pete Burns and... <laughs> Fucking Donatella Versace and oh yeah, Jesus! Well, all of them now though, just they're getting like oh god. Just here's the thing, and even guys, guys are you know, I'd say fucking girls, guys are just as bad. Guys don't do it younger though. Guys do it when they get all like fucking like say John Travolta, and he in the People versus OJ Simpson. Jesus Christ, he looks oh mate, he looks like looks like an animated mannequin. Yeah, he looks like a doll of himself. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. And then you can always tell when they have like dyed black hair because it's black. <laughs> like you know, like it's like the soul. Like it's like my soul. It's just blackness. There's nothing there. And it's just fucking hell. He looked awful. Awful. He was uh, really good in that though. He was great in it. It was a great I thought it was a great show. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fabulous. Yeah, it was I thought Debbie Trimmer was fun. really good as well. Yeah, I thought it was really good. Uh, Juice. Juice? <laughs> But yeah, people, stop putting shit in yourself. It's very weird and terrifying, especially when it's young girls. Anyway, Jason took his contract. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I completely forgot. I was going to move on to a new topic. Um, I want to say quickly, I do like it. A couple of good seasons. I think uh, 40-something points uh, last uh, year before. And they had 64 points last year, I want to say. Yeah, they had a... Big old breakout will he crack will he hit 32 goals 32 31 32, 32 33 something like that anyway 33 so think, yeah. <clears throat> 33 goals so another good deal okay. yeah. another good deal 5 years 5 and a half good stuff good stuff yeah um, perfectly uh, perfectly reasonable contract only 26 uh, buying up a number of UFA years however many that is is uh, yet to be confirmed but um, yeah good good stuff good stuff alright then what was the next thing you wanted to talk about then? Uh, well, I was going to say, speaking of people who are going to need plastic surgery in the near future, um, 
or potentially going to need it, uh, Monica Carrick has been <laughs> back in the news again. <laughs> and, even and I only say she might need plastic surgery and that she might need to completely change her identity so that she's unrecognisable. Is this when she goes to witness but, uh, protection? Hmm. You can't go to witness protection against yourself, can you? Oh, That's not how it works. She might have people after her. I don't know. You know what these hockey wives and girlfriends are like? I bet they're terrifying. So, so what's happened for anyone who's not been keeping up with it? She's now demanding um, the release of of evidence in her case. Yeah, in the, in the case of um, was it, is it a silencing order? Rest- I forget what it's not a restraining order. It's something else. Yeah, that, it's like, uh, it's that like the Carlsons have placed on her with allegations of 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 abuse, of cyber cyber abuse. Yeah, and. The way I see it is either either Monica Carrick is innocent and she wants it because the idea of this is to to prove it wasn't her and she's saying she wants to find the true culprit. So I think either she is actually innocent and she wants the evidence out there to to be able to prove that it wasn't her, or she knows for a fact that the evidence that will be overturned is so inconclusive that it won't prove her prove her guilty. And or thinking about it like or oh, gone or secret third option or she's fucking crazy <laughs> <laughs> and doesn't believe anything she said is wrong and believes in her mind <laughs> that, <gasps> that she's not done anything wrong and she's fine and she can say bad things and it's all okay. I'm not saying that's a thing, but I watch enough shows about <laughs> fucking murderers and serial killers to know that. You sometimes get people who are completely bonkers and believe that they've done nothing wrong and will say things like, I'll take a lie detector test, I don't care, and then fail because they're, because they're lying. I was thinking more Judge Judy and okay. Jeremy Kyle than, uh, than yeah. serial killers and murderers. But it, it did get me thinking because it's, it's awful what has happened to the Carlsons, to, to Melinda Carlson and Eric as well. But it's it's a really hard thing with with any sort of like you know law, especially in the public eye. It's the accuser versus the accused, and who. Yeah, you know, obviously you want to side with the accuser because they're they're obviously the victim. In in this case, Melinda and Eric Carlson are the victim to yeah. somebody's harassment. But without concrete evidence, are we really right to jump on Monica Carrick just because she's the one who's had the finger pointed at her? I mean, two things. Yes, because it's fun. And <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. No, to believe. no further points. <laughs> it's fun, Yeah, and two, that's it. No, it's, do you know what it is? It's because this kind of thing, you know, like whenever there's a hockey story like this, whenever there's a story like this outside of hockey, because this has nothing to do with hockey. This is to do with, you know, maybe the ramblings of a crazy person. Whenever anything like this happens, we just jump all over it because it's it's fun and exciting. And oh my god, this is like it's like a drama. But we, do you know what it is? It's a soap opera. But as hockey fans, we can talk about it because it's involving hockey and men and it's, so. And it's you know, real life. What more could yeah, you want than real life drama? Exactly. But the second point is no. Exactly, you are completely right. If Monica Carrick has done nothing wrong, I you know it, it, it's going to be horrible that if any texts come out or 
things again about you know the baby and all that kind of thing. Yeah, that's awful. But if Monica Garrett's done nothing wrong, she has to clear her name because that will follow her around. If she does nothing about it and she's done nothing wrong, it will follow her around for the rest of her life that she wished a baby dead. Like the worst, the worst thing. Like maybe the worst thing you can say to anybody. And you know that would never ever that would never ever leave her side ever. No. And and you know she has to go through life and and I guarantee it. I guarantee it. People in hockey circles who and you know she like like we said before she, she's now going to have to mix with the Panthers' wives and girlfriends. I mean it, they are a close knit group because only they understand what it's like to be married to a hockey player. And I've made this point a billion times and I'll make it again. I can't remember who it was. I want to say it was. Maybe Dustin Brown or something like that. <clears throat> but he was on. He was being interviewed on TV, and his wife was saying, "God, I'd love some help with the kids now and again." And he goes, "I'm on a five-game losing streak. Like, what do you want me to do?" And I just thought, oh, "Fucking hell!" Like, your wife is begging. You've got four kids or something like that, and your wife's begging you for help. And you're just all you can think about is hockey. Like, you're not even thinking about your kids. And you know, the, the wife of a hockey. I'll, I'll be a dad when we start winning again. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I'll I'll read the kids. I'll read the kids a bedtime story when when I you know maybe when I score a goal or we keep a fucking clean sheet or something, you know. And I think Monica Carrick is is going to have to mix with these wives and girlfriends who are super tight and super close. And if there's anything out there that can prove that she's not done anything wrong, she has to go with that. As much as it might bring up some bad stuff, she has to. Absolutely, and this isn't to say that necessarily Melinda and Eric Carlson are, are you know. Starting a smear campaign against Monica and Eric Carls uh, against Monica Carrick. <laughs> get, get my names confused then. Yeah, Jesus. But it's it, it could just be a mistake. Like it's it's already been brought out that you know they just suspect it was her. There's no. It's not like it's from at Monica Carrick on Twitter. So it's it's a really delicate situation, and um, and I think the fact that Monica Carrick has pushed back against it so vehemently. You know, it, it raises the question of have we got all the facts? You know, as as members of the public, because we're not, you know, we're not the lawyers, we're not the judges that are involved in this case. We only get what's what's being drip fed through the media. Do we have all the facts? And are the facts that we currently possess telling the whole story, sort of thing? I agree. The only thing that got me that I thought was weird about it though was that other other wives came out and said, didn't they, that oh well, I'm not surprised, or like you know, I've been waiting for this to come out for ages, and that was what made yeah. me think, well, it must be true then. Because if all the other wives and girlfriends are, well, not all of them, but you know, a few of the wives and girlfriends are kind of backing this up, well, then it must be true. But then again, you, you don't know. Maybe I, I, I don't know. We're kind of now in a situation where Monica Carrick's made this kind of made this move almost to get these, you know, to get these texts or emails or whatever out there. But now you're thinking, well, Christ, what if it was like a hive mentality or something, and they just didn't like her or? Now it's putting those doubts in your mind, like you don't know what's going on anymore. Absolutely, it's it's the the problem with living out conflict through the news, isn't it? People totally. are going to have an opinion whether they've got all the all the right information or not. Totally. We uh we wait to see what happens. No, I know. What do you want to do next, young Dan? Um, let's go with. Oh, one thing I did find, one thing I did think was interesting was um, Artemi Panarin's apparently given the Blue Jackets a deadline. He set a deadline of September thirteenth. September thirteenth. Oh, yeah. Jinx, buy me a coke. Yeah, no. 
Um, to, to get all sorted out. Now, I'm not sure what he thinks is going to happen in that time. I guess it's just, I mean, I guess he's just, put, I, mean, I guess, well, to me, it just looks like he's pushing for a trade. Yeah, uh, that that was my, my instant thought because he said, I won't do any negotiating yeah. after beyond September 13th, which implied, you know, with the Blue Jackets, with the bloody New England Patriots, with Manchester United, like, I don't care who it is, I'm not going to negotiate with you after September 13th. Yeah. So it's basically saying, trade me now or I'm going to walk at the end of the season. Do you think it's right for a player to do that? Well, I, mean, I mean, regardless, he knows his own mind. And um, oh, fucking, what's his agent? Is it uh, Daniel Milstein? Said, is it Daniel Milstein? It is that. It is Daniel Milstein, infamous yeah, uh, yeah. Ukrainian American agent. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Dan- Daniel Milstein said that you know he just wants to play hockey. He doesn't want to talk about business. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't care about the business side of stuff. He just wants to play his game, and that's it. Fair enough. Um, if that's the situation, but are we are we at the risk of? You know, maybe players trying to dictate a bit too much to teams, or is that a thing, do you think, or not? I, d- I think in this specific situation, so so what we've had from Panera in this situation is <laughs> he um he doesn't want to negotiate a long-term extension right now. Yeah. <laughs> and he set a deadline for any negotiations of, yeah, let's, six weeks from now, let's, you know, give or take... So what he's basically saying is, I don't want to negotiate until I become a free agent. <laughs> so, so as far as I'm concerned, he's basically handing in a trade request, but in the most sort of aggressive way, but passive aggressive way possible. He's basically saying, get rid of me. I want to go somewhere that I want to. I want to play somewhere else, basically. But I'm not going to formally ask you for a trade request, but because I, I don't want to look like a bad guy. You think about all these quotes of, oh no, the organisation has been great to me, I'm not going to be treated any better anywhere else, I like the city, the city's nice, blah blah blah, I just don't want to play here for eight years. Which is, you know, fair enough, that's his right, but if he doesn't want to play there, like, hand in a trade request. Or just tell him, now I'm going to go to free agency. Like, I feel like he's avoiding doing the hard thing in the hopes of, you know, not becoming a pariah in Columbus. Which is which just that's just weird to me. That's just really weird. He's a, he's a cat, Dan. Yeah, because the cat is already out of the bag, and everyone knows now that he doesn't really want to play there for that long. So, you know, how how can the fans get behind him anyway when they know that even if he's not traded, come the first game, well that's it now, he's going to go anyway. So what's what? I don't understand it. It'd be interesting because he said he doesn't want to sign a long-term deal. So I wonder if it gets to sort of, you know, September. And to an extent, if I'm Yamo Kekalainen, I know he won't sign long-term, I'll at least say, bam, two years, 10 million a year, stick around, we'll see what we can do. Because I think that's worth it, isn't it? Rather sort of, you know, kick the can down the road, get another couple of years out of Panarin, and you can still trade him in a couple of years. And he's he's probably going to get you the same sort of package he would have you traded him today. If not more. Yeah, I agree. It's, yeah, again, yeah, Obvious. I think you're right. He's he's trying to not be the bad guy when he's already pretty much on his way to being the bad guy anyway. He's uh, he's doing what what we in the industry Dan call a John Tavares. <laughs> oh fucking hell! I got to talk about this. This is leading on to my next thing. Oh, fucking hell! Right, just quickly before we get into. Oh, yeah. 
All right. Toronto fans, listen to me. Listen to me. Any of you that are listening, I do not dislike your club. I have no... <laughs> I, I have no ill will in any way towards your club. Tavares sign for you guys, it's a great signing. Absolutely amazing. I'm happy for your club. I'm happy it happened because I like everyone else, I'm sick of I, you know, I'm sick of players just deciding, no, oh, I'll just stay where I am, I can't be bothered. Great. A player decides, you know what? I'm gonna to go to a different team and play out. Fantastic. you're in my division as a Bruins fan, I'm not bothered. You probably beat us next year, fine, you got you'll have better players, whatever, that's fine. Christ, I really hope you don't win the cup next year. I'm sorry. I cannot take fucking Sportsnet's coverage anymore. I cannot take it. The fucking... Right. Two things. This is... this is That's driven me over the edge. The first thing was, the other day, the top three headlines were about Toronto. But nothing... Like, seriously, it was just... Um, the top headline was... I can't remember what it was. But the third headline was essentially... Tavares Matthews Cadre. Pretty good third, you know, pretty good centre depth there. Right. <laughs> Why is this news? Why are you reporting this? And then the fucking tweet they sent out. God, when was it? Maybe 10 days ago, 11 days ago. The tweet was even a Hall of Famer thinks that Tavares signing is good. <laughs> Just to analyse that sentence for a second. Even a Hall of Famer. So there were clearly detractors somewhere that signing John Tavares, the hottest free agent for fucking, you know, ages. There were clearly people out there who said, God, what a terrible deal that is. What a, what a stupid thing they've done. What so an overpayment. Be... Yeah. So they had to talk, I'm, I'm sure, because I was so raged. I, I'm sure it was Eric Lindros. I'm sure... That when he said, I think it's a good signing, the Sportsnet guy went, holy shit, really? Oh my God, I didn't even think. I didn't even think, right, I better get this in print quickly. Oh my God, can a Hall of Famer said it's a good signing. Can you believe it? Yes. Yes, I can. <laughs> Do you know why? Because it's a really good fucking signing. That's not news. That's not news. It's How universally is- regarded as the best signing this season, if not for the last decade. Yeah. How 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 is that news? How is that being reported on? Why is that being reported on? You could ask any hockey player. Any, you could go to the fucking KHL. You could go to that Chinese team in the KHL and say, "Oh, do you think the Tavares Maple Leaf like is that good?" And they'd be like, "Uh, yeah." That's not news. <laughs> it's not news. I don't care who you ask. You could ask the good Lord above, and he comes down from heaven and he says, "Oh yes, it's a fantastic deal." For John Tavares and the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's not news. I don't care if God himself says it. It's not news. We all know it's a good deal. Fucking hell. And that's what it is now. I just want to see it implode. Because I am sick of the coverage of it already. I am sick of it. Do you uh, do you see the problem with your plan, Dan? The problem is it's not going to implode and they're going to win the cup. That's the problem. <laughs> No, but the the problem with yeah, even if you do get your way and it implodes, yeah, they're going to get an absolute barrage of articles saying, you know, the adverse are oh why the Maple Leaf shouldn't have signed John Tavares. <laughs> I know, and then I'll get then I'll get annoyed because it's like stupid, like fucking stupid cold takes. People trying to trying people trying to do hot takes on the Tavares deal. 
Johnny T only scored 70, uh, 66 points this year. Why is he a bust? Yeah. He scored 100 goals, but only had four assists. Why isn't he a good teammate? Like <laughs> that. Jesus. Oh, my God. John Tavares, the worst Maple Leaf centre since Nick Spaulding. <laughs> oh, it's infuriating. It's infuriating already. It's just known. It's just... I get it. It's. I get it. It's... You know, like we said, it's the dog days of hockey. It's very quiet. We're down the well with the ring girl. Everything's a bit scary and dark. Nothing much is happening. But that is not a, that is not a story. I'm sorry. <laughs> and just I, I love the, I love the idea of these like these NHL you know Toronto based NHL uh, offices. People coming in every morning. What can I possibly write about? And then just some senior editor like, I need 17 articles about John Tavares by four o'clock today because we're pushing them out tonight. Yeah. I don't care what they say. I just have to start and end with the words John Tavares. Get on it, peons. I know. I can only assume it's that. Fucking hell. Even a Hockey Hall of Famer thinks it's a good deal. No shit. Oh, God. Even even this man living in a hut in Outer Mongolia thinks it's a good deal. <laughs> This guy who once played the game and was really good recognises that this other guy is really good. That's news. Really? What a world to live in. What a world to live in. I took it off my chest. You, you feel a better now? A little bit. Do you want to talk about, uh, do you want to talk about the Canucks? And the, uh, the change they made? The recent change? Oh shit, yeah. It was uh, yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah, yesterday, yeah. Old, uh, old Trevor Linden... Stepping down or being pushed out, depending on how you look at it. But very odd, I thought. Very odd. I um, mean, yeah. I mean, well, what was the quote from from Aquilani? Um He was that. He was that Liverpool midfielder, wasn't he? Aquilani. Yeah, he's Aqu- Aquilini. 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 Yeah. Alberto Aquilini. It's meant no, to be, meant to Aquil- be... no, Aquilani was the Liverpool player. Oh, Aquilini. 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 Aquilini's the Canucks, Canucks owner. Canucks owner, yeah. Do, do forgive me. Um, so the quote from Aquilini... There we go. <laughs> Alessandro Aquilani has, has strong feelings on the uh, the firing of Trevor Linden. Um, That'll from... be the Sportsnet article. Even Alberto Aquilani thinks it's a bit odd. <laughs> I'm just putting you back in Peter. Jesus! <laughs> Yeah, yeah. What's Alberto Aquilani's views on John Tavares? <laughs> Coming up next, uh, an insightful interview with uh, Francesco Totti on the on the Maple Leaf centre depth. Um, <laughs> at least, at least we amuse ourselves because I'm God, sure the average NHL fan, I don't know, probably doesn't know who Francesco Totti is. Almost certainly doesn't know who Alessandro Aquilani is. No. <laughs> Alberto Aquilani. Even you don't know who he is. <laughs> right, just <laughs> case in point. <laughs> I was, I was oh, thinking God. too I've much about visions. Alessandro Nesta. I spent, I I spent say, a lot got... of time earlier this week um, reading up about the um, Italian formation tactics uh, between uh, 1970 and 2000. Really? Yeah, about their weird, like their weird um, alterations on four four two and stuff. Oh God, that's a bit fair. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm that kind of nerdy on stuff like that. So I probably, I probably read something like that myself. It's, it's really good. They were basically, they like convert combined four four two with like the left wing lock. It was a really, it's a really weird 
I didn't really understand it, but um, yeah, it looked cool. It looked like something I'd try and put manager and not execute very well at all. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I was I was going to say I just quickly I had visions of different Italian players from the past being like asked about NHL stuff. Like up next, Fabio Cannavaro tells us why can't the Canadians get success anymore? <laughs> <laughs> like stuff like that. <laughs> Michelle Platini wonders where will the New York Islanders play their games next year. Oh dear! Roberto Baggio talks to us about the Rangers rebuild. <laughs> Roberto Baggio. <laughs> He's there. There are some players that are, are Rue being too young to to see, and, to see, and Baggio is definitely up there. Yeah, dude, he was money. He was money. He was absolutely amazing. And then he had like a massive resurgence when he was like 36 at Brescia, and he was like, he just, it was absolutely phenomenal that season as well. Oh dear. He's, he's right. basically the Italian Yaga, really, isn't he? Ooh, there's a question. But mullet and all. Isn't, isn't every Italian the Italian Yaga, though? Because they all play until they're like 60. That's yeah, a fair point. There's something in the water over there, isn't it? Like in England, they get to like 31 and they're done. They just like start getting injured, they're crippled, grey hair. Or his fucking Gigi Buffon's what, like forty-eight, just signed for PSG. Still looks amazing. So. <laughs> Still awesome. I think. Um. I think the thing is, like, the pace of the game over there is so slow that, like, you don't wear yourself out at all. It's true. They have hard, you know, half-time olive oil snacks and things like that. Keep the skin looking good. Yeah, it's all good. It's all that extra virgin shit, the sun-dried tomatoes. Just sort you right out. Oh dear. All right, that was funny. All right. Anyway, Trevor Linden. <laughs> <laughs> Francesco Aquilini. That was, was funny. Is it Francesco? Francesco, Francesco Aquilini. Um, basically said, blah, 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 Trevor Linden, blah, blah, blah. Wanted to uh, spend more time with his kids, blah, blah, blah. He's a new dad, blah, blah, blah. But then went on to say something to the uh, to the tune of, we want an organisation where everybody's pulling the same way. We're going to go into some hard times with this rebuild. You know, he didn't say rebuild, but... Yeah, there might be some trying times where we want everyone pulling in the same direction. Which says to me that maybe Trevor Linden, you know, maybe he did go on his own of his own accord, but maybe he didn't necessarily want to step away from the game. He just wanted to step away from the Canucks. Or was pushed out of the Canucks. Well this is the thing, like Aquilini did say he said he did say the word rebuild in a quote. Um, oh did he? Go on. Yeah he did. He was uh, yeah. Uh, a rebuild is a long, slow, gradual process. Everybody needs to be united behind the same vision and pulling in the same direction. Which, to me... Oh, and then, sorry, and then uh, following the June draft, we now have the best group of young players and prospects we've had since we acquired the Canucks. The Posadine future is starting to take shape. The ownership group has done and will continue to do whatever it takes to return the Canucks to the elite of the NHL. I'm confident we're progressing along that road. Now, a couple of things, just a quick couple of things from that was... A rebuild is a long, slow, gradual process, which to me means that Linden maybe ought to pull the trigger a couple of times on something, or at least suggest something, and just got shot down. Because a rebuild can be a long, slow, gradual process if you're the Vancouver Canucks, and it seems to be taking a long, slow, gradual time. Um, because we talked about last year, like, they never seem to do anything. They just like what are they doing? Like what? And uh, well, three things now. Is it now Jim Benning's taking over this job as well, as well as being the GM? Obviously oh, now president of hockey ops as well. Yeah, as well as as well as also being the GM, which is also odd, I think. Um, 
And, and following the June draft, they now have the best group of young players and prospects they've had since they acquired the Canucks. Well, surely Trevor Linden was part of that process. So, if you've now got the best young like group of players they've had since they've been there, why is he getting? Why are they getting rid of him? Um, and then Elliot Fried and then Elliot Friedman, obviously Mr. Finger on the button as always, said that at the draft he'd heard that Linden had met with some other teams and talked about rebuilds and what they were doing and how they'd done it. So I think that that's maybe, old, isn't it? Yeah. So I think that I don't know. I mean, because we joked about we said about the Rangers, like within within the space of something like two months, they'd acquired something like four, like four or five extra picks, and they'd got two new first rounders, and they were like, right, that's it, we're going to rebuild, let's go, and that was it, they were done. And we joked that they'd done in two months what it's taken, Christ, you know, like maybe three or four years for the Canucks to even try and start doing. So. And I think you you have to you have to look to the east and look to Toronto, and sure they've had some luck with you know getting the first overall pick from Matthews and stuff, and they had some good players there beforehand, but they turned it around quickly in Toronto. Yeah, they really they did it properly. They didn't you know they got rid of the of the fat sort of thing with you know for nothing Kessel no no pun intended with Phil Kessel and the the David Clarkson <laughs> contract and stuff. Um, they kept, you know, they kept the lean meat, the the, the Nazem Kadri's, the the James Van Riem Sykes, and they just kickstarted it. So I mean, it it does seem like you know the the Canucks have one one toe in the pool at the moment, sort of thing. Like they wanna they wanna rebuild, but they still wanna. I I think that, someone. Oh, this is this is terrible. I th- I think it might have been Trevor Linden who was saying about. Yeah, you still have to have to fill seats in the stadium, and to do that, you have to have a competitive team that you think is going to win yeah. in games. And to an extent, you have to have more faith in your fans than that. That you know, <laughs> to to not get a bit dark, but yeah, you can you can abuse them. You can field a you can ice a crap line up, and people are going to come back because they love the Canucks. And it's about yeah. selling the future, isn't it? Yeah, when exactly. you've got players like Elias Pettersson waiting in the wings. You can you can ice a crap line up and say right we might have a chance of Jack Hughes next year, and that that's enough to bring people in. Look at the Buffalo Sabers for the last forty five years, <laughs> or Toronto. <laughs> exactly, I think I think there's plenty of evidence around the league now that <clears throat> you don't have to be a middling team. You know, to, fans would almost rather see a team commit to the rebuild and actually have a better chance of rebuilding. Rather oh, than sure. saying, "All oh, right, we'll feel we'll ice four, four, four third lines and try and be half decent, and then not actually get anywhere because you're picking bloody twelfth every year." Oh god, yeah, for sure, for sure. God, if you if you, I have wondered this before, and I'm sure I've mentioned this before, but I wonder how on board fans would be if a GM or hockey ops or whoever just said, "All right, sorry, we're gonna we're gonna be really bad this year, but we still need we're you going to come. in the tank. We're going in the tank." We still need you to come along and support us, though, because we, st- we, we, in theory, we still need your money to survive to to keep this team going. <laughs> oh, but, but I'm like serious, because if no fans turn up, that team disappears. It's as simple as that. If if you're if you're you know if 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 suddenly you're getting like three thousand fans or two thousand fans because nobody cares, fine, you know, like no one's going to go anymore, and <clears throat> the team will just move or disappear, or the NHL will move the team because they don't want a shit market team, do they? You know, they will help them a little bit, I guess, but. If there's somewhere that's ready to go with a ton of money to spend, they'll just send them there, and they will. 
Um, but if an owner were, you know, said whatever, someone said, we're going to go in the tank, we're not going to be good, but we need your support, we, we need your money still to, to keep us going, to keep us afloat, basically. Please come. This is for a reason. Can you trust our process? We're doing this to try and get better. You know, we might even have a we might even have a fucking fire sale or something in you know the draft on uh, on trade deadline day. I, I do wonder if that, I'm, I'm not saying it would work. I'm just curious, like how how because fans know when they ta- fans know when a team is tanking. Like fans know we've seen it before, you know we've seen it before. We're like you know teams celebrating other teams scoring against them because you know it means they drop down the uh, they drop down the standings and stuff. Um, so we're we're gunning for the first overall pick next year, but we you know are trying not to fold between now and the draft. <laughs> yeah, but it's I, th- I think it's about transparency, and I think any fan of of any team in any sport appreciates transparency from their team. Yeah, yeah. If you can actually outline right, this is our plan. It's all well and good saying, oh, we want to challenge for a cup within three or five years or whatever. We want to get to the playoffs in the next two years. Like, no, I want the actual plan of like, right, we're gonna. You know, get rid of some players we're going to stop our picks we're going to even if it's as generalised as that like just a bit more detail than five years we're going to be a contender that's that doesn't tell me jack like, I don't know what to expect from that are you going yeah. to try and sign the best free agent every year for, for the next five years or are you going to you know try and do it through the draft like what what are you what are you trying to do and always that to me that to me is always a cop out answer is always I'm giving myself a little five year buffer in case I fuck up the first couple of years. And then I can say, well, it's all, it's all part of the process. I've got five years, remember? So, you know, it's all right. These, this first couple of years might seem like, like I've done crazy things, but just hang on. <laughs> two more years. I'd, I'd like to think that um, the owners have wised up to that a little bit. Like, you know, you can't just guarantee yourself five years of safety by saying it's going to take five years, especially when you look at, again, your Rangers, your your Maple Leafs, and, and teams like that who have turned it around quickly, and you know maybe they're not contenders yet, but at least looking like. I think you know even if you say it's going to take five years to rebuild, you can get two years in and have a rough idea of whether it's on on track or not, and whether your GM's yeah. doing a good job. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, crap, God, I was going to say like, would it, I was going to say, would a team ever? Do you think a team would ever intentionally tank two seasons? But I just realised that the Sabres have pretty much done that in the past, like you say. <laughs> They've got fucking... <laughs> since since 2014-15. Yeah. Oh, Christ. The, like we said, I've said before, though, I think there was, a, there was a stat on the Canucks that they've lost, like... They've lost all these games and they've been really bad and something like the highest they've picked in... The dra- their draft picks... Uh, the the draft picks they've had have gone something like five, seven, seven, six, or something stupid like that. I can't remember what the numbers were now, but it was just not like they were good players, not game changers. Maybe if they all come and start working out, it might be okay. And I don't know. It's um, I yeah, I think I think it was something along the lines of they've been statistically the worst team yeah. over the last five years, but they've not had like a top three pick ever. Yeah, which is crazy. Which is crazy. And then Poor Canucks. I don't know. I know. I know. And then, and now Jim Benning is doing hockey ops as well as G, like GM in night. I don't understand running that. the whole show. Yeah, I don't understand that at all. <sighs> I mean... But then, I don't, but then I don't know if hockey ops has become one of those buzz like. Well, this guy, this guy needs a job. What can he do? I don't fucking know. Let's make something up. All right, 
let's call it hockey operations. Yeah, that, that sounds pretty good, actually. We'll go with that. And then the, the next team went, hang on, they've got a president of hockey ops. Well, we, need, we need one of them, don't we? Yeah, we do. We better get one. Like, and that's just it. Everyone's just now got a president of hockey ops. <clears throat> like, do they even need them? I don't freaking, is it, you know, was it just one of those things that was made upon the fly or something? Or I don't know. Well, I think um, like the GM and scouting and all that is part of Hockey Ops anyway, so I think it basically means that he's in charge of the scouts as well now, rather than working alongside them. Yeah, but yeah. I'd, <clears throat> I'm not in Hockey Ops, so I'd, I don't know, to be honest. I'd, I I think, you know, like, Shanahan is the president of Hockey Ops for, for Toronto, so, like, Dubas and, and whoever the head of scouting and, is and stuff will all come to him. Not separately, but, yeah, he's the one who will have different voices talking in his ear and maybe he'll defer to, to Dubas to make the decision or whatever, but ultimately he's sort of like the Queen with the PM. Like, you know, when, when Parliament want to pass a new law, they have to go to the Queen. So we've got this law. We want to pass it. We want to, you know, have... We want to outlaw fox hunting, but we want to bring in the hunting of uh, of anyone who wasn't born in the British Isles and uh, and the Queen has to, to either sign off or veto that law. So uh, Brendan Shanahan is basically <clears throat> the queen of the Toronto Maple Leafs. I was going to say, yeah, you're just basically calling Brendan Shanahan a big old queen. Is that what you're saying? He's a, he's a massive queen. I mean, have you seen his hair? It's so luscious. He has to be a queen. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, do you know what? We had something else, but I think that'll do for this week, won't it? A nice little... I'm a, I must be honest, Dan, for the last 10 minutes in the back of my head, I've been thinking, I'm too fucking hot for this. <laughs> It's too old for this talking malarkey. I don't, I don't want to talk about the Canucks anymore because it's too fucking hot. No, oh, yeah, it's true. Bloody hell. God, imagine how two Algerians, one puck feels now, recording their show. I do, <laughs> I do, I do feel for him. I really do. 51. Holy shit. 51. That's one of those numbers 51. that I can't even comprehend. I can't even comprehend 50. that number. Like, that's almost twice as hot as it's been today like I can't I can't get my head around that it's when somebody says like you know how far is the sun from here you could tell me a billion miles you could tell me five like you know 500,000 miles I don't know (laughs) but it's a number I can't understand that my brain can't like really get (laughs) 51 degrees god 124 degrees Fahrenheit for uh, for our Yankee friends Oh my god. Jesus Christ. 124. How do you live in that? That's um not very comfortably. Not I'm very comfortably. Say. Oh my god. Hey though. Look at that. We book we bookended this episode. Look at that for professionalism. I like it. Yeah, we've 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 rounded, haven't we? We've uh, yeah. come full circle, I believe is the term that I use. There you go. Right. If you want to talk to us on Twitter about the weather, you can do. Um, I am at that straight edge. Will you are at W E V E V E R E T T. It's almost too hot to remember my own Twitter handle. Yeah, uh, at two Brits one puck on the Twitter as well. Number two, number one. Uh, yeah, get your get your hot weather takes into us. Uh, Will any last words? Um, just stay hydrated. Stay sun creamed up to the gills uh, and even over your gills you know don't neglect those gills you don't want sunburnt gills that sounds pretty uh, pretty uncomfortable if you ask me and, um, yeah, hey here's a, here's, a, here's a serious last message if you've got an old relative or in there close by just pay them a quick visit 10 minutes make sure they've got plenty of water make sure they've got maybe waters in the fridge or something you know it's it's easy to get to maybe put some bottles of water in their bedroom if they need it you're not all people alike they 
sometimes they'll do crazy shit. My grandma used to do the crazy shit all the time, so I had to kind of take care of her now and again. Just look after them. Make sure they're all okay. Don't leave your fucking dog in a car or I'll come and find you and I'll put you in a car and I'll leave you in there for a week. You fucks. God. <laughs> like, guarantee somebody listening to this will go around their nan's house and she'll be wearing a thick jumper, have oh, a you know bloody... It. A blanket over her knees and say, "Oh, it's just a bit chilly." No, you're bloody not, man. Yeah, there's a chill you're on. As red as a tomato. Yeah, come on, man. Be careful. You must have a nice loose kind of nighty or something. You can just throw on. Just wander around the house in that all day. Let's put, uh, put a nice loose blouse on you. Yeah, anything. Keep you uh, plenty of water. Stop drinking tea. Drink water. Fucking hell. Yeah, Dan. Stop drinking tea. Oh, one one last little thing. One last little thing. To, uh, not to get too hyper political, but did you see um, the you know Donald Trump visited our Fair Isles a couple of weeks ago? He did. Did you see the bit about the Queen and, and her Trump brooches? And, uh, ah, you bastard! Look at that though. So so good, so good. Do you know what I was? Like, I'm not. I know you're not even. A, you're not even really a royalist. I'm not a royalist. I just. I don't. I don't mind them. I'm like, yeah, they're there. All right, fine, whatever. Um. But even I was a bit like, yeah, go Queenie. I <laughs> go know on, you know. Go on, Liz. You fucking sly old boots, you. You know what you're doing. It's just nice to know that Liz is still above it all. Yeah, totally. I was hope I was hoping that like maybe somebody, like one of her advisors or something, chose that approach, and she went, "Where's that one the Obamas brought me?" And the guy, and like her advisor went, "You sly devil." <laughs> And she went, "Oh yeah, you know it." <laughs> like, give him like a like a little like a nod and a wink. Like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah, just cracks out a cheeky little dab. Yeah. <laughs> like I just point it on. Yeah, this will fuck him up. Let's see if he notices this. You won't even notice it. He's so stupid. Let's see if he notices. No, he won't. It looks lovely. Oh, it was amazing. Prick. I never knew Beautiful. that either. That she wore like different brooches for different occasions, and it was a big thing in her. You know, like people, you want to get the queen a gift, you get her a nice brooch. That's what she expects or what she likes. Or, and I never knew that. And then reading that thread was really cool, really cool to see about all the stuff. I mean, like the way she wears and what she wears and stuff. I don't. I'd always assume that she was big into brooches, but only because she's a an eighty eight year old woman or however old she is. But um, <laughs> fair point. Yeah, I, I didn't think she she put such such meticulous thought into it. That yeah. she throws shade by yeah, I was gonna a, say. By a brooch choice. Yeah, she's like, that's how you throw shade, innit? With these, like, $100,000 fucking brooches. That's really throwing shade. Jesus. That's 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 the way you cast someone out, by just subtle little choices in... Yeah, that's proper... That's, that's going deep, is what that is. I must admit, I'm looking forward, forward to her next rap album, where she, uh, <laughs> where she sorts out all her beefs, <laughs> like, using brooches. I was gonna say it's, it's like a video album. It's just thirteen different images of different brooches with like captions, <laughs> straight out of Buckingham. <laughs> Christ, oh, bloody hell! All right, let's get out of here. It's too warm. Take care, folks. We'll see you later. Peace.